Hello and welcome once again to The Final Whistle. We've got a legend in the studio with us today, so let's jump in and crack on. Another week and it's another loss for Pep Guardiola's City. And as the blue paint on the Manchester Wonderwall continues to chip off, we look at why City's title defence has gone so awfully wrong. And then we turn our focus to Arsenal. Our studio guest tells us what he feels about Ateta's Gunners. And then we end the show with a chat about Singapore football. We have a bona fide Singapore football legend in the studio with us today. He's an Olympian and he's one of the best to have donned the red kit of the Singapore national team. We are so proud and honoured to have with us Alexander Durich. Thank you. Thank you so much. First of all, I have to say I'm not a legend at all. I think a few legends have been here and they are still living legends. I'm just a normal guy. I think enjoy playing football in Singapore and uh, try my. I was trying my best to uh, give back to this uh, football here. That's Alex, uh, humble as ever. Yeah. You're looking really fit. How are you these days? Oh, I'm uh, still the same. Stay the same. Still, my um, fat percentage is a little bit higher. <laughs> not, not that much. But uh, fitness, is, as always, they've been a big part of my life. And uh, I'm still continue to train and go gym and um, look after what I eat. And basically, unfortunately, sport took in my life. And, uh, you know, still. And uh, so I, I really um, enjoy. I mean, I enjoy still be fit as much as I can. That's great to hear. We will drill Alex with questions about local football later on. But first, we have Manchester City on our agenda. City are more than 20 points behind Liverpool this season. Uh, of course, they've already lost the title, you know, to, to yeah, Liverpool. It's been a horrendous season for them. But why do you think it's been that way for them? I'm, I'm feeling that is uh, basically um, they ask, ask for that because they, they didn't really straighten much team from last season. Mm -hmm. Even the last season, they had their problems, especially in defence. And they didn't bring the, any names in a, to to kind of um, a company left uh, retire from the football. So they didn't really get any good replacement. They've been trying. Um, Guardiola was trying to get this uh, defense midfield to play as a, as a, as a stoppers, which is never really work. And um, yeah. and I I guessing another probably is uh, one one of these things is all now managers knows that which, the way the Manchester City play. Honestly. They they kind of play when uh, I was playing for SF when I had uh, this big, big best generation of Tersak, myself, uh, mm -hmm. John Wilkinson, Daniel Bennett, and um, we we had this kind of um, in dressing room. We'll always talk. We're going to score five goals, and we probably will uh, consider three, but we will still they win games. Yeah. But in um, in the city, yeah, they can uh, be scoring goals. There was a um, times when they didn't score goals, and they start losing the games, and the confidence definitely went down. Um, so I think the season is like really for them to um, to kind of for Guardiola to to understand that is uh, you know sometimes the beautiful football what he played doesn't bring you the titles or any results because it's, um, it wasn't really season to for them to remember honestly because they are far far behind uh, Liverpool. Yeah, but do you think what's the solution for that? Do you think it's to buy again more defenders? Or do you think it's a problem because they don't have the academy players to come through for them? Yeah, but if you're looking the style of most these big clubs now in the in 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 Europe, especially in EPL, is money by the titles. Uh, yeah. The Leicester was only one who was like kind of come from a from nowhere to win the title. But that was it will happen uh, a few years back and never happen again. 
And um, so this uh, basically um, how much you spend that how much you get. And I'm sure they will go go and uh, buy some uh, place or, or over the summer, 100%. But now question is because I, I don't think so. If they don't play in um, Champions League next year, is all this true? Then I don't know if they may not spend. They will just keep a squad what they have and mm-hmm. for one more season and then then go for the season in 2022. I don't know, but um, looking at City, I think they will uh, with the money what they have and the power in the in the in the in, in the money. Um, I think they will definitely uh, get a get a get a few more players in uh, in the squad for the next season. Okay, moving on from Manchester City. I think we were speaking before the show and I told you that Arsenal have been playing much better under Mikel Arteta. But you you showed a, a different kind of face and you disagree. And of no. course, for listeners, Alex is an Arsenal fan. Oh, so, yes, big Arsenal fan. Yeah, so what do you think yeah. about that? You don't think Arsenal have been playing well? No, I think uh, I, I spoke to you just before when we started this uh, recording. Uh, things like this. Um, uh, Arteta probably brought uh, just a small percentage that they're playing better but still very much in a team which one is a very individual the players is uh, it's not the place which one they should be in the arsenal but it's not a, his fault i think the coaches was before him i, I think it's the same fate like a manchester united had there after the ferguson mm-hmm. and i had the feeling also that uh, after the wenger uh, arsenal wenger stepped down that uh, we're going to be in same situation like manchester united and and that's what happened. We yeah. didn't really replace him with the big name or strong name of the coaching abilities. And that's what the Arsenal today. And um, with Arteta, I think this um, we just uh, playing with the luck. I think the last game showed that is, uh, against West Ham, we sh- should easily lose yeah. three, four games, uh, three, four goals. Even if I play for West Ham, I think I scored <laughs> one goal, honestly. <laughs> because I don't know how the strikers missed yeah. like a sitters. Because I was watching game and I... And I start banging in head in my in a wall because it was like really ridiculous the way uh, we played and how we defend. But then you are we ask ourselves, you know, you know, you have a Luis um, uh, for sold from a Chelsea for five million uh, pounds, which one is a peanuts for the transfer in a, in a EPL. And um, mm-hmm. if he was a good, he will stay in Chelsea. I mean, I don't blame him because uh, you know he wanted to play and show that he's still good, but. Um, Lot of players around him and him also um, they they are not they're not in a standard which one is because the EPL is a, a league when his players is super fit super fast yeah and if you are not well organized uh, you get punished very easily even but, in the team from the bottom but do you think like like Manchester City one of Arsenal's problems is the fact that they don't bring the academy players through I think the last one that we had was maybe Jack Wilshere who went on to play for the England national yeah. team. But since then, you don't really have bona fide stars coming up from the academy. Yeah, because it's, uh, both teams, is if you are comparing the Manchester City and the and the Arsenal, the both teams is a teams who build the uh, build the team uh, buying the players mm-hmm. already made players. Yeah, uh, Arsene Wenger was a uh, simply he was always looking at players who is very fast, um, um, and he didn't care where they come from. And mostly they come from, uh, as you know, some some of some of the league games we had like eleven foreigners. Yeah. Sometimes back Correct. back in two thousand, um, when when they all was foreigners, there wasn't was, wasn't one English player. In Manchester City is the same. Uh, they also trying to get a uh, already um, finished product, which one is a player already ready to play some national player from uh, from the some big countries. Mm-hmm. So it's. Um, 
is it right or wrong? We don't know because it's a, basically it's a business. It's not anymore sport. It's that all these big clubs, they're trying to get a market of the Asia or South America or somewhere. And to do that, mm -hmm. they need to be on top of the game and they need to be champions of the Champions League or champions of the uh, England. And it's not easy. So um, they don't have time to wait for the players uh, to mature enough from the youth academies to, to, to come and step in and play play the senior games and um unfortunately um uh that's those those clubs they don't wait they just buy yeah. the finished product which one i believe that is wrong because it's um um but it's better now i can say it okay for these two teams but another team's really if you look at the starting starting lineup it's a lot of english young players and yeah. and it's that's why it's england now if you look at the now last few years english national team they're really uh, doing well and they, they're playing good football and they are, they're improving much, much more than it was in the 90s in the uh, early 2000s. All right, and that's it for part one. When we come back, we talk to Alex about his past, his present and Singapore football's future. Welcome back. Alex, I mentioned early in the show that you're a former Olympian and even till today, not many people know this, but you were actually in the 1992 Summer Olympics representing Bosnia in canoeing. So tell us, how did that come about? Oh, well, it's, uh, yeah, yeah, true. It's, uh, not many people know that I'm, I'm actually ex-Olympian in different sports. Yes. Mostly when I talk to people and say, oh, I'm ex-Olympian, they say, oh, you played football for the uh, Olympic uh, uh, team. I say, no, actually, I was in different sport canoeing. Well, <laughs> it's basically, I um, when I was young age, I, I pick up the canoeing as uh, my sport together mm -hmm. with the football and i kind of carry carry on with um, basically until the olympic game in barcelona in 92 uh football and the canoeing of course canoeing brought me to olympic game which one is amazing also but football also in later part i become the national player in uh, singapore yes so um um i was just uh i don't know if i'm uh, really uh, talented for the sport but i was like really but this was all hard work I love the sport I took in when I was 12 years old, 13, 14, I became junior, junior champion in uh, former Yugoslavia, which one was like 10 million people, Yeah, uh, big country. And then and you were in the uh, top 20 or top and 10? Then, and then at 15 years old, I was in a senior, senior yeah. already beating, but I was still junior. Mm -hmm. And in uh, 1987, I was in uh, 17 years old, I was in uh, top 10 in, in the world in the canoeing. So basically all these um, steps was uh, going to the, that I'm a, kind of one of the candidates for the Olympic game. Of course, it wasn't only me. It was a few of us. There was a six of us, actually, that cut down to three. Mm -hmm. And I was one of them. And there was a, still when I was, uh, I was part of Yugoslavia. Yep. Basically, Yugoslavia split in April 1992. Mm -hmm. And um, Barcelona was in, I think, in uh, July and August. And my new country, actually, the country which when I was actually born, it was Bosnia-Herzegovina. They, they approached me and they asked me if I'm kind of willing to go and uh, be one of the, well, be first Olympian uh, for the Bosnia Herzegovina in the mm -hmm. canoeing, and I, of course, uh, this is my country, and I, I said yes, and and the journey was a journey to the Olympic game was also uh, quite unique because I tried to stop trucks and buses and um, to to go to the Olympic game. Yeah. I wasn't I had this privilege as a most of country when you go Olympic and uh, you have a business class or the first class flying and yes. you are the superstar. In my case, I. Um, I survived the journey to Olympic to to come to Barcelona, survive all the sluggish of um, because half of my Bosnian uh, was against me, 
because I was I'm a Serbian. Yeah. And the Serbian was kind of and that year on '92 when the uh, civil war started in Bosnia, they was against each other. Yeah. They basically was a religion and a race, uh, religion and war, and uh, so the my half of my country wanted me to kill me because they was angry against me to going for the uh, Bosnia. Mm -hmm. Another half country that didn't really know much, you know, um, what to do with all this. So I was kind of stuck between. And so there wasn't, it wasn't really pleasant as an Olympian, but I'm still super proud that I was the first Olympian for the Bosnia in, uh, in Barcelona, 1992. But you know, why canoeing? I mean, how did that interest even come about? It could have been anything, but why canoeing? In my hometown, when I was growing up, uh, we had a really three biggest uh, sports was uh, football was of course number one. Mm -hmm. Second was um, uh, not much popular here, but handball, very handball, popular okay. in, uh, in Europe. And in my hometown, we had a, one of the best uh, handball teams we had in uh, Europe. And the third one was uh, canoeing and kayaking canoeing. Mm -hmm. um, my house was uh, nearby the water, water with this uh, where's the uh, club. My, what I, how I pick up was basically just uh, accidentally because um, I didn't grow up in what I'm today, a strong, strong boy. I was like most, I had some um, issue with my muscles. So the doctor uh, advised my parents to pick up the, some uh, water sport and the canoeing and kayaking was only one. And, yep. um, and I went there and not knowing that I will really pick up very fast and be very competitive and very, always wanted to win as a child and even or running or gym or on the water uh, pedaling. And in the end, we come, I went that far, the all the way to Olympic game, which one is, of course, looking now back and like, yeah, I'm Olympian, but it was a lot of sacrifice, a lot of uh, things, which when I, as a child, couldn't do it, but my, my friends, you know, going out and, you know, uh, enjoying, I, I was training and I was preparing myself for the races or, or going to the camps. Later, I become an um, army officer also. So basically, well, I went in the army very young. And, and even that time when I was in an in a army officer school, I still train when I had the time, uh, free time, go canoeing and all these things. And uh, so basically my life is always uh, about sport and, uh, and uh, giving, you know, that, that was most of my life actually. Mm -hmm. It's an amazing story. So of course, Alex, you made your debut for Singapore at the age of 37, correct? <laughs> yes. <laughs> this was in 2007. After a long journey playing in the, in the S League at that time and then finally representing Singapore, who I know you have a lot of love for. How was that feeling, like putting on the red jersey for the first time? Yeah, it was a magical moment. Magical moment, I still remember. And um, probably from the uh, caller for the national team, I mm -hmm. uh, was in uh, Singapore Forces that time in 2007. Um, I, I really didn't expect all that. I thought it was um, when the general manager at that time, uh, Colonel Cook, uh, called me and asked me, uh, you give me the letter. I thought it was a joke. And um, yeah, so it was, uh, you know, playing on the first game uh, in the old uh, Kalang Stadium, just uh, sharing the dressing room with all the big names in uh, that time in, uh, you know, um, uh, I, I must say it was like a really magical for myself. I will never forget that. And uh, basically we won that game against Tajikistan. There was a World Cup qualifier. Yes. I scored both goals. Uh, we won 2-0. Actually, I could score another three if I, if I have a little <laughs> bit more luck. And I, I can, I, I remember I could run like if the game was three days, I'll run for three days because I was so happy and so mm -hmm. kind of um, an energy. What I had, you know, just wearing the national jersey was like an unbelievable. It's just something like you, uh, it's, it's, you can't even uh, describe the, the happiness yeah. and, and, and joy and um, pride 
being being just a part of the team, national did, team. Did you feel the love from the Singapore fans from the go, or did it take some time before you finally felt the love from the fans? I must say that I pressurized myself because I I thought it's like, did I really need that to play for the national? Because I know the how much is a national team is always the different you play for the team and the national team is uh, it's like more eyes is watching you and they you know. And everybody was saying about Alex is 37, you know, how long he can play. Maybe yeah. he'll play two, three games and he'll be gone. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, actually give me the kind of uh, motivation, extra motivation to show them that actually this age doesn't mean anything because I play from uh, 2007 to, um, uh, no, 2007 to 2012. Mm-hmm. I scored 27, 27 goals, I think, in uh, 54 time I play. Okay. Um, so I showed that this, doesn't mean anything is like it's just um, who you are and and how you look after self and of course I was lucky also the teams I played in S League was always good teams uh, all good uh, players around good big clubs and uh, you know with a lot of uh, history so it's helped me a lot also to stay in the shape of course to call up for the national team you have to have something um, yes. of course I was scoring goals but also sometimes I didn't even play in my position because I, I remember clearly um 2012 in um, in uh, qualifiers, uh, we we didn't have any chance. I think nobody all told us we are finished because we was in group in Malaysia, in yeah. Indonesia, in uh, in KL. They told us we will come back in um, after the last game. We'll be flying back in uh, Singapore. But mm-hmm. we, I can say that yeah, they were really we had this super good mixture of the young players like Haris Harun coming through, and 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 all the young players and us as the senior players. It was really good. And we believe in ourselves, but nobody go. Nation wasn't behind us. They thought we are finished. And I scored goal against Malaysia. I remember my goal at three 0 We won. Yes. Um, with the you know full uh, um, the stadium. Bukit Jalil. Right? Yeah, Bukit Jalil. Uh, yeah. And um, and I, I remember that uh, clearly. And and after that, uh, playing striker the next day. Uh, next day, um, they we was coming into the quarterfinal. Uh, the Philippines and um, and the Thailand, of course. Mm-hmm. The coach Radi told me, said, oh, I think it was best for you to come down and help the defense and become like a left uh, midfield, considering like a defending. Uh, so yeah. I was I was played in the last two, these two semifinal finals as a left left midfield, left back, because um, we needed to be strong on that because we, we, you know, so it's like I give everything to the team. I didn't really care where mm-hmm. I play. I told him, I said, I, I, if you want me to play goalkeeper, I'll do. Uh, as long as I help the team to win, and we won the Suzuki Cup, which one is uh, was great, great memories, really. Uh, staying on Singapore football, I think you mentioned before in an interview. I think this was a few years ago. This is what you said. You said things need to change and fast. We need people with passion, and we need a new vision to save the situation of Singapore football. Just want you to expand on that. What did you mean? <laughs> and are we now going in the right direction? Uh, basically, I say that because I I really have a lot of passion. I want this. Um, our league and our football to survive and uh, go back to the way we where we were where in uh, ten years mm-hmm. or maybe longer. I think this um, it's really important for us to first of all um, get the right people in 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 this uh, to do this. Uh, especially we need to stability and um, we really need to stability in the in the in our league stability and uh, talking about structure structurally stability because as we know every year our league is always change chopping this we don't even know how many teams it will be next year or this yeah. which one is not really stable something and uh, and there's always been uh, some rules regulation always been changed for years i've been here 20 years plus 
always there have been changes. Always. There wasn't a year that wasn't some changes in the league, which is wrong. I think the healthy league for us should be back to the maybe 10 to 12 teams. Bring the back the teams who was, uh, you know, who is now in uh, sitting out and waiting for their turn. Mm-hmm. And then we really need to focus more on our youth developing. Of course, is uh, to do all these things. I think league need to be privatized. League need to move from the Football Federation of Singapore. And Football Federation of Singapore should be focused mainly on the national teams. Mm-hmm. From young age, from uh, under 10, under 8, under 12, 14, 16, doesn't matter. They should be focusing more on that. League should be privatized, should be made entertaining. Like everywhere around the world, we see uh, clubs who should have a, you know more to say uh, give them more uh, independence. Of course, bring the um, uh, what is now sailors doing. If you see the Lion City sailors, yeah. it's a good start. Mm-hmm. You have an owner, which one is uh, you have a, a man who's going to pump the money and uh, board a team. And hopefully, we need more people like him. But to do that, we need to attract those people to come, yeah. come in and invest. To do that, we need to have the right people to sell the product. And as uh, football is the now business and is a product which one we need to sell. To do that, we need really people who will, um, uh, those rich people going to listen and uh, and uh, trust that mm-hmm. is um, what they're investing the money. Um, it's a it's a good investment for the for the, everybody, not only for for those people who have money, but also for all of us, our future generation of the kids, our moms and dads and the parents who come and watch, enjoy watching the you know and, and entertain themselves in a, you know for a few hours in a, in the stadiums, and to do that, I think is. It's we have to dream and uh, believe that can happen, and and I I strongly believe that we can do that. We really can do this. We just need to really sit down and with the right people get get this uh, sorted out and once and forever have a structure and not change this structure. That just build up on this structure and uh, in the in the good way. Mm-hmm. And uh, to do that, I think is like can be done. But it's just um, how we can do this. That's another question. Yep. One of the ways you're, you're trying to help Singapore football is through the SG Active Football Academy. You are the principal of, of the SG Active Football yes. Academy. Could you tell us more about this academy and what, what it does your role encompass? What do you do on a daily basis? <laughs> Basically, I, I joined the Sport SG uh, in 2016. Mm-hmm. I've been now in four years with them. Um, I'm a principal of Active SG Football Academy. It's an yeah. academy which one is uh, open up for the, to get a chance every child to play football. Uh, play the sport. We have a, not only football. We have a more uh, in our in our underactive SG umbrella. We have a, another sport: basketball, uh, tennis. Uh, so it's so many different sports. Mm-hmm. But my my uh, my role is uh, to to give opportunity to kids to play, come out and play football on the weekends and uh, and is with a very affordable price because that's is most important. We cannot expect that uh, everybody can pay the big amount like uh, you know what is. Uh, most uh, private, private academies. academies. So yeah. we we can't. We we need to find a way to bring the kids back to play because as we know these days, our kids and I'm a father of four kids. And uh, it's like that. Uh, they are so much pressurized. First of all, in school and the education. Secondly, iPhones and the, all these uh, gadgets and uh, and the and the and the we fighting against that yeah. because it's, uh, the kids doesn't come out anymore. You you know when my time. I used to get whacked uh, because uh, from, uh, from my father because I, I didn't come into the house. Now these days I have to bribe my kids to come out from the house. So it's like you can see that totally different generation. And, yeah. uh, and if for us, is uh, for my job is to not only educate them, uh, you know, as a football players, but it's also it's in academy is very much an aim to, to also the, 
uh, give them an education in, in as individually as a, as a person to to teach them is like uh, not only about football players but also teach them to be in the future citizens for the for this country because uh, this generation they really don't have don't know what's reality mm-hmm. they are living in the in the is kind of in um, in the life which one is it's kind of like a bubble it's not real uh, because they all the generation they really work hard to what's the Singapore today yeah. younger generation don't really have this feeling. So I think the sport is one of these really special football because they bring nation together. Mm-hmm. They bring, if you look at the, my, my uh, uh, weekends uh, sessions in the kids, I have all kinds of kids and from coming from all kinds of backgrounds and, um, um, and then don't, they don't see any difference because they are together. And this is what uh, can uh, build nation through the sport. And I think I truly believe that these kids more than ever need a sport in their lives mm-hmm. and because the through the life uh, through their sport they can really build up their um, all the aspect of their life what they need they're going to face in the in the when they come the older and, uh, and when they come to the university especially mm-hmm. in the army we still have an army here we need to understand this younger generation they really need to be fit 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 uh, like fit in a, in a, in a, in kind of physical but mm-hmm. also in mental mm-hmm. mental and also they by playing together in uh, in my academy, I'm sure that some of them will probably come together in same unit and say, "Oh, I remember you from Active SG Football Academy because we we was together in Bedok Stadium chasing the ball." Doesn't mean they are they are they're going to be in um, professional football, but they will play socially. They will. I'm trying to find that that this is the way to for also for us to build up their base in uh, in the kids playing football also, mm-hmm. but also follow the football because when they grow up with the football, they will be cockies to playing together. And grow up and coming to the stadiums and watching the league league games and also national team because we need we need those fans also those fans will come actually the the most offense also coming the games they are one who played regularly with their friends and they sometimes they say oh let's go watch national team play so they come why not we do this in a, in a, in the in the big big numbers in a, the kids and they yeah. and they enjoy I mean I I must say they enjoy I uh, the, basically I'm really focusing on the on the individual um, um, growing as a, as a person's, I don't see just uh, as a as a player. I want them also to understand that is uh, when they when they are part of my academy, they understand that is uh, you know it's so important to respect the coaches that come on time. That there's a little bit discipline, some resilience, some uh, owner, some small things, but it's uh, it's it's in long term they will understand that uh, respect the parents who bring them uh, to their sessions every weekend because without parents. They will not be there. This is uh, a age. Age is totally different. I have a kids from a preschool from three to five okay. years old. Then I have from six to twelve, and then twelve to seventeen. So I have all this kind of different age. I have fifteen centers at the moment, and is um, a lot of my ex coaches who used to play with me. I mean, ex players who used to pay, play with me now they are coaches. Yeah. So they we all kind of I always tell them we have to give back to this uh, to this uh, community to our back to country because those kids knows us as a soccer players. I think is easier for them to kind of recognize us oh he was a player but now he's my coach so it's like uh, we are kind of like a role model we should stay as a role model for those kids mm-hmm. you, you, speaking about coaching i mean one thing that you said before was that you worry about singapore football and where it's heading because of unqualified coaches but in terms of your academy you have some of the best youth coaches i mean robin is yes. there steven yes. steven yes. tan is there yes i think now you have daniel bennett coming in as yes. well so Fahudin how important also. is it that coaching comes from these guys who are ex-professionals and who can teach the proper way forward? Well, basically, um, I, I I don't see this. Um, I mean, we have a lot of coaches who are really qualified coaches. I, but it's, a, it's, it's, 
that 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 coaches can coach the kids that's the question you know the teaching the kids is a totally different mm-hmm. uh ball game because it's uh, it's uh, you have a really have a really patient you have to be patient with those kids because they you know in, uh, you see the kids who never ever touched the ball before in their life so you really have to be patient you have to really know what to do to get them to stay with us because it's a, it's an easier way to say oh but you're not good enough so you yeah. you 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 do it. but no we don't do that we we need to keep all these kids in together and see that uh, in in time they will definitely improve so the coaches what i have is yeah yeah it's, it's uh, what you said yeah they're old ex players but doesn't mean anything with that because but they they also need to uh know understand what uh, i'm asking from them to when they coach the kids and um, the way how we how we deal with them and uh, parents also to be involved in uh, in the sense that you know they need to know what the child is going what they we teaching them and mm-hmm. which way we want them to be in uh, as a, as a person as a player so it's um yeah it's um never end so i it's always important to have a coaching education myself i'm also coach but sometimes i also find myself i can't coach kids i can some some age groups some i can't i really struggle because mm-hmm. yeah kids be kids you have to understand the kids is kid and uh, you have to come on their level to coach so they you have to really bring them to your side because uh, we want we want them to stay with us no and they be with the happy faces so when they go next go back home they tell mom and dad oh i want to go back because i was i had a happy happy kind of training it was i met so many good friends that's what we want mm-hmm. this kind of friendly and uh, happy family and environment and that's what i'm trying to build up in uh, in active sg football academy the everybody involved not only my coaches kids but also parents all of us become together and um aiming for same goal to kids to enjoy playing football for the start mm-hmm. are they going somewhere we see so many good really i i can tell you i see so many prospective uh talented kids uh going through uh, my academy are they going to play we only can give them best way pathway to to go up as much as they can end of the day is up to them you really don't know how many of them really end up in playing but it's uh, it's a good base for the start i realized that when you speak about football your face lights up like like no other that i've seen before do you yeah. think football saved your life do you think it's a fair statement to say fair statement is say that is um sport basically uh shaped my life mm-hmm. sport uh all all sports i mean uh canoeing football definitely was a huge part of my life mm-hmm. uh helped me to survive all the all the hardship I had as a child and um, um, shaped me also as a person who I'm today. And, uh, you know, I I enjoy every moment uh, to be on the pitch or in the dressing room with the different uh, different clubs and different players. And um, I guess, yeah, it's um, that I think that's this is who I am today. That football made me sport generally made me who I am today. And uh, I I'm I of course, I I I like what I do and I I I can I can say I live for the football I live I dream and I sleep for the football and I eat as you know to watch football yeah. and uh, it's it's a life it's a life something which one is um some people can understand some people can't but uh, for us um, it's everything mm-hmm. All right moving on to something that came out this week heading has been banned at the youth level So young footballers age 12 and under will no longer be doing heading exercises during training as the Football Association of Singapore and several local academies will follow the decision which was actually came in which came in from England actually. Yeah, they come in uh, England and I think Scotland they they there was the first one who banned this yep. which is um 
fairly said is uh, it's a it's a good in uh, good things because but and then again you see realize that it's actually under 12 they don't really use much in head mm-hmm. uh, basically is a it's a most that's the most age group when they really try to play on the ground there's not many really players who can kick that ball that far especially in this region is mm-hmm. we don't have this kind of big players with the most kids is smaller size and they like to play on the ground um and uh, i don't see any any wrong about that um but, but don't you think it's important you, to practice heading when you well when you when you go in all, all the groups and when you especially go in the competitive football mm-hmm. when you go for the tournament you no choice but you are definitely need to head because if you're defending attacking yeah. or you have a corner kicks or the free kicks it will come time when you use the head mm-hmm. lucky for that uh, i can uh, assume the old parents who's probably listening to this or people who really don't know much about football these days the balls is basically super light the material is they're using is uh doesn't get any any kind of bad effect on, mm-hmm. on the kids heads yeah. and um while i'm talking about when i was growing up we had these uh balls when they hit you you really see the hundred stars in the in the in the, <laughs> in the sky and um and i remember the adidas balls and the old ones when somebody do volley and you start to stop you have a, this a mark on your on your on your back or on your side of your body for the days and the months so it's like you have adidas forever this uh <laughs> stamps or yeah because that time was uh yeah it was it was growing so there's mm-hmm. like I can tell you there's um yeah it's um it's a something we we should protect the kids because they 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 don't know they of course they they want they see the what they do they follow the the stars and they mm-hmm. they have idols on TV and uh, watching the bigger Juventus so you get Ronaldo jumping you saw the goal when he scored if he didn't use a, if he when he was younger with this jump and he had a header when he scored yeah. two one I don't know his team these kind of things is uh perfection and uh, mm-hmm. you know something which one is you know you 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 learn from the younger age so when is the good time i guess in a 14 15 16 years old really then you are really start to using more head than than, than usual but i think under 12 i can tell you in the competitive you go around in singapore you watch the games no many you see the heading is mostly like really accidentally happened yeah. but the, these kids are still not there to learn it's how mostly to play learn. on the ground yes yeah. most is on the ground all right moving on to the 2034 goal Alex is already smiling. <laughs> so, of course, the big question is that uh, MCCY and FAS have come out to put out a joint statement calling on stakeholders to support it as a national project. So, of mm. course, the argument uh, a few weeks ago was should it be an FAS effort or should it be a country effort? What do you think? Should it be a FAS effort or is this something that country should embark on? Oh, well, I was lucky, man. There was uh, I was here when it was uh, this huge banner in, uh, in uh, Jalan Besar in um, Vision 2010. Yeah. I remember this clearly um, and didn't really work in that way mm-hmm. it's 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 hard to answer this question because is um first of all it's good to uh, have uh, some target yeah. goals and uh, it doesn't matter you do in sport and in your life and you are uh, you know you want as a, your personal life you want to do uh, aiming for something mm-hmm. so we should aim because uh, what's the point we are uh, playing in football and if you don't aim for something yep. you want to be win suzuki cup you want to be in asian cup you want to be definitely in the world cup qualifiers and go as far as you can. So it's, um, it's. I don't see it's nothing wrong with this uh, goal 2034. Question is now we can all say, ask ourselves, how are we going to do that? What is the plan? Because now we announce, now we need to really sit down and see all the sides together, how we can as a nation, I think this, uh, it's important to know which is, which is a way we need to, which is the best way 
and how we can uh, at least be close to this 2000. We may not need it going to happen or not. We don't know. Yeah. We will see. But mm -hmm. um, it's a one good initial to 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 have a aiming and have a target and have a, some a dream that uh, we may able to go in the 2034. Who knows? Maybe in 2034, if we get a Asian uh, the World Cup to be somewhere uh, hold here in Asia. Mm -hmm. We may be one of the hosts, yeah. and then we have a chance to be team in, uh, you know. So it's it's a, some uh, mixture of the luck, but also the hard work. We need we need to really lot of bring lot of people together to to uh, work in the same same direction. This is uh this is what is a goal mm -hmm. 2034, and is um yeah it's it's a it's a ambition plane. Mm -hmm. But I like that. I honestly, I like. I personally like because I was, I was a sportsman. I, I always dream big. Yes. I always wanted to do something. I wanted to win. Mm -hmm. But we all need to uh, really. So if you look at it in 2034, this is the generation now we have in my academy. This youngest one really look after and uh, try to bring them uh, and uh, highest level of mm -hmm. the uh, as a as a professional players to 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 have a dream and uh, and uh, and uh, get us get us in uh, in this uh, World Cup. Of course, if, if you're aiming of 2034, we might need a lot of help. But one of the help that could come from is the foreign talent scheme. You you were part of a squad in 2012, even before that, where you had Chai, you had Chuli, yes. you had Farah, yourself. You know, how important is it that we try to bring that back? Or do you think it's something that should be in the past and it should be kept in the past? Or do you think we can embark on that again? It's, it's not me to uh, to decide is that uh, good or bad. I I was a uh, part of those boys uh, mm -hmm. play with me in uh, in uh, in um, and uh, it's, uh, I can tell you they 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 help a lot to improve the football generally and the local players to also be better. But yep. there's also it uh, was important the time was a league also our league was much stronger. Yeah, we had I think is uh, better players I think foreign players and uh, it was much more much more competitive what we what we're looking now. Mm -hmm. I think. We need to really sort out our league, uh, make them as strong as, as we can, and let let uh, I think few more clubs who should come up so that we can let these uh, younger players who really want to be professional and play this in league to let them chance to play. We we start with these uh, three three young players, but I think we have more the younger players who can mix with the lo uh, foreign players to to become because if with a strong league, mm -hmm. we can really uh, look in uh, beyond this like. Um, in uh, all the national team and all this, we do definitely will be strong national team. We mm -hmm. had a strong national team because of the league, because of the most me. Come back to the foreign talents is, um, I believe strongly if you have enough players who've been long long enough in our country, mm -hmm. lived here in, uh, and and work here in, in Singapore and play, I think is, and if we think there's those young, they're still young and they still can contribute, why not? I don't see the, any any wrong because if I used to see the, this guy from from like seven eight years is still here and is yeah. uh, you know contributing to our football, I don't see a reason why not to uh, if we if we really believe that he can help, mm -hmm. why not uh, give him the passport and and let him to play at least one or two or, or I don't know I mean it's like that's not me to to decide but mm -hmm. it's like I'm not against I I I think is uh, as long as they help. Mm -hmm. Help our country, I think, is a great because here we. I mean, I wasn't uh, part of that, but I mean, I also help. I wasn't born here, but I still play for national team. Yeah. Um, and you're still contributing. Yeah, I contribute as much as you could. The father was playing what eighty team, eighty games. Mm -hmm. Daniel over hundred games. Yeah. Uh, there was a us few who really 
not all I can say, but it's like majority who these guys with their passport, uh, they give best for the country. Mm -hmm. So, all right. Before we let you go, there is that quick fire round. <laughs> Five questions that I need an immediate answer to. Shall we get started? Okay, quick. All right. What was your most favorite goal that you've scored? Uh, definitely, it's will be my um, uh, against Tajikistan, my first goal for the national team. Right. Your hardest opponent was. Oh gosh, in, uh, there was uh, many of them. I think uh, Precious was one of them. Daniel Bennett was one of them. It's like so many. All right. If you could play with one current Singapore Premier League player, who would it be? Alam Shah. Alam Shah. I love him. All right. Okay. Best player that you have ever played with? Uh, Tersak Chaiman. Why, why Tersak Chaiman? Uh, he was a maestro of the midfield. I think there was one of the best, not the best Asian player, I can say it. He could, um, it, I think he was born in the wrong time. I always said. Like myself, <laughs> I think if he was now in that, when he played in in two uh, thousands uh, with me in my when in, in SF, mm -hmm. he could play easily in Japan, uh, Korea. Anyway, he oh. went in Europe because it was the, the guy was was just super talented player. It was like mm -hmm. old generation of the Thai players. He's like skillful. They 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 what he could do magic with the ball with like that's why I scored so many goals. Honestly, all right. When I asked you if you could play with one current SPL player, you told me Alam Shah, but what about current players who are currently oh, playing? Yeah, currently, uh, mm. Haris Harun. Haris Harun. Yeah, I think like you play with him for. Yeah, I play for him, but now I think he's, he's now real, yeah, real player. Yes. When he was with me, he was young. He was mm -hmm. still, it was like a kind of like a diamond, which when he wasn't really yet mm -hmm. shaped in, in as a diamond. Now, now this guy is uh, proud to top. see. Where he's, I'm where he's proud at. that um, then I can say that uh, I'm crossing the Woodlands checkpoint and I see uh, Haris and. Um, in the big postal, like yeah, a 20 right, meter, yeah. in a, you know, and I mean, I'm a proud because mm -hmm. I know where this boy come from and uh, how hard he worked to be where he is. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, be captain in the, in the, in the, in the foreign country, which one is, Johor is still in uh, part of Malaysia, it's not yeah. Singapore. So it's like, and the big captain is like something really, he deserve it. Yes. And I think this guy is like, worked so hard. I, he's a real model and I like him. On the day one, when I met him, I thought he's special. That's great. And, you know, and my final question is your wish for Singapore football. Oh, yeah, I have a lot of wishes. I I I, I don't know where to start. I think my <laughs> I can't fit in a, in a, um, one day I talk in a, here in recording. Uh, I think it's like it's, I had a lot of wishes. I think we um, definitely um, to to have a bigger, stronger league um, to back our our fans back to the stadiums and start supporting our local football as much as they support in. Um, uh, foreign teams and Manchester United see more people wearing our local uh, jerseys on the on the on the on the street. Which one yeah. we don't we don't see quite often, but I see many Manchester United and uh, and um, bad teams like Liverpool. <laughs> uh, so um, I also I, I wish that uh, we will um, you know improve in uh, this year Suzuki Cup. Hopefully we will uh, go further as we as much we can at least uh, mm -hmm. semi final final that will be best. Um, also to um, see the, you know, um, again, this uh, World Cup qualifiers coming, there's uh, better results. Hopefully we can, uh, you know, do do that good. It's, 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 it's going on and on and things is like, um, yeah, few of that, I think if we fix, I think there will be good start for the good future for Singapore football. Fantastic. If like me, you want to hear more about Alex's story, you can actually check out his book, which was a fantastic read, by the way, Alex. It's called Beyond Borders. You can get it online or even at physical stores, I, I believe. Thank you so much for your time, Alex. It's been Thank wonderful you. to have this chat with you. We hope <laughs> you will come back in the future. Thank you so much for uh, inviting me here.
Thanks for listening to us. We hope you enjoyed this episode. You can now listen to us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and other major platforms. And do follow us on our social media platforms at T Final Whistle. We'll be back again next week. This has been The Final Whistle.